This is Tim Keller Watch. Welcome back to another special episode of Restless, what is normally a post-mortem on the young, restless, and reformed. But Pastor Michael, we are interrupting that regularly scheduled, joyful programming for another installment of Tim Keller Watch. How are you doing tonight, Pastor Michael? I'm doing well. You really got to get some good, like, we need some good Tim Keller Watch theme music. What are you thinking? I'll, I'll try and look I'm it up. I'm thinking, like, special report news, like, da 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 you know, something like that. You know, I, you know what I'm talking about? I think it can be done. Yes, everyone. Uh, I'm in a great mood tonight. Pastor Michael's in a great mood. Um, he is busted out a hard cider. Uh, I've got a glass of wine. It's going to be a good night here. This is actually, I'm pretty positive. This is the first time I've ever uh, had any kind of adult beverage while we are recording. This, just because I never have them. I just never, I just never have them around. Oops, I just happen to. It's, it's, this is going to be an especially good night, but I'm in a great mood. I just had a friend call me and we talked and he just said, Hey, I'm just calling just to talk. No, no reason just to enjoy talking. And so wow. we had a, I walked around the block and talked to him. But here tonight, we are on a mission of mercy for another old friend. Uh, a friend of the show, never been on the show. We do suspect he may have, he may have some knowledge that the show exists. But we, that's neither here nor there. We are here. For Tim Keller Watch, we are here to talk about something Pastor Tim Keller tweeted a week ago. Or somebody tweeted on his account. <laughs> I will say I am pretty sure this one is from him. And it is once again, as we have noticed when we took umbrage with something he said, he, he'll tweet something and then kind of spends the rest of the week defending it. And so here actually on our normal podcast feed, we are not going to be here to argue with or agree or disagree we are here to do one thing and one thing only we are here to try and explain to tim keller and others why people react this way to this kind of tweet because as he tweeted a long explanation later he seemed very surprised at the kind of interaction he's getting from these tweets pastor michael it looks like you're smiling and that maybe the first potential explanation should just be this is the internet and this yeah, is right. I mean, this is Twitter, man. I, like you can't, this is the thing I've, I was just having this conversation uh, with my wife the other day uh, about how some people interact online and how there's a, a pretty large contingent of people that online when, when somebody disagrees with them or when somebody posts something that they disagree with themselves, it's like this to them, there's like this shock factor. Like how could this how could this be? Um, why, why are, why do people act this way? And I, I always wonder why that is, but I think part of it is for those who did not like grow up, like I came of age with social media, the internet, like as like grew with it, right? Like, you know, uh, it, this is something that was just, you learned early on. And there was especially like the instant feedback loop of like young peers, that I'm around in right. like, you know, middle school, high school, I guess not middle school, but high school and, uh, and shortly after, but especially in high school when it's like, like, I really care about what other people are thinking about me. And there's this instant feedback loop when you do something stupid online 
where that comes out and, you know, like people talk about it and you hear about it right away or whatever it is. I just feel like you had to learn this kind of like etiquette, how you interact online in a way that I think a lot of guys, especially who are older, maybe didn't learn. And so they, they get on and it's like, whoa, like you sound, you know, sometimes it's like the guys who sound really like grumpy and angry, uh, just -hmm. no matter what they tweet, you know, this is your uncle tweeting all the Fox news articles all the time. Uh, Like he just sounds like really mean and you know him and you're like, he's not like the meanest guy in the world. He just like sounds that way online. Why is this? Well, it's because like, he just doesn't, you know, people don't know. And then on the other side, there's those who are like, what you can't like, why, why are people so like, you know, they believe such different things than me or I don't know. It's just weird. It, it is. So, so everyone, our first potential explanation, really the tweet we could be about to read literally could have had any content and pastor Michael's potential explanations. Was, I would have said the same thing. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And just so you know, uh, if you are interested in hearing our opinions of this tweet, we are actually going to be saving them for our patrons. We are going to play yay, nay or nuance, which we had. And this is why I wanted to do this episode. I posted a poll on our social media. We had more than 50 people. I mean, it could be close to a hundred for all I know across platforms vote and um nuance won by far um with the others uh you know trailing and so people had complicated thoughts about this and we thought we should jump in but on our on our patron feed we will announce our opinions of yay nay or nuance and so you and gotta why. give us that sweet sweet money um and, by the way it's only three dollars exactly three dollars you could give For, us three dollars and then you could leave even if you want if that's all you want to hear three bucks and, that's it I'm going to make a show promise, one that is not going to require Michael to do something overly oh, unpleasant. <laughs> Once we get two more patrons, we are going to record our an episode on the Mars Rise and Fall of Mars Hill special where they interview Joshua Harris since we have not done that yet. And so all we need, two more patrons. $3, we will get that episode out as done as soon as we you can. You can also join one of the higher tier that's patrons, right. For uh, even more, bonus. more money. <laughs> but but if you want to just do the three dollars, that's it. That's that's just fine. But here's our tweet that we are going to explain to the listener and perhaps even Tim Keller himself. Why people reacted so badly. So I've written a few reasons and Pastor Michael, feel free to join in or we'll just discuss the ones I have. So the tweet that he posted on March 30th that got so much angst and caused him so much confusion on the reaction was if you care about people you will care about the cities because cities are filled with people so pastor michael this is the tweet that this that last week tim keller then went back and spent time defending and he was shocked at the kind of response that he was getting from this tweet so pastor michael let, let's we don't want you to say your opinions but why don't you just really tell us try not to that's right but are you let's let's ask this general question are you surprised at the reaction that he got from this tweet i'm not surprised for maybe multiple reasons um the main reason honestly just being that anything that tim keller tweets at this point there are like, you know, 
some, you know, dumb young guys that are going to do a podcast about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. so I just, you know, it's just kind of the world that we're in now in the kind of reformed evangelical space uh, that people react to uh, what Tim Keller says, especially like particularly with Keller, because there are these like his proverbial statements that he puts out. Yeah. Uh, there's, they have just caused a lot of like, you know, questions and, you know, both, you know, good and bad questions and, uh, good and bad reactions. So, so it doesn't shock me at all, but that's in part just because it's, it's Keller. The next day he woke up and wrote a thread and then quote tweeted his tweet saying, wow, many of the replies here, particularly the sneering ones are some really bad takes. He, I mean, he was surprised. He was really surprised at the reaction. So, okay. So if you're a person thinking, wow, how could anyone disagree with that? I'm going to, I have, I have at least five reasons why people might have reacted negatively to this. So number one, and this is a thing that I think happens a lot, actually, you are making such a basic statement that people assume there is a secondary agenda behind it. Right. What I mean is like the idea you should care about people because people are made in the image of God. Right. This this like super like you should care about any place where people are kind of statement is so basic and generic. It makes a person wonder what you are trying to get them to do. Yeah. Like like you're a smart guy. You're really like you. You know uh, how to use language to motivate people and change people's minds. And you're saying something that ultimately, like, basically you're saying nothing or like right. nothing of, of any note, right? Because in that statement, you hold, okay, people should care about cities and everywhere else that right. there's people, right? So and, it, people should care about people is right. I, I wrote down that just like you've said nothing right. of like, you know, depth anyway. And so what it causes people to do is wonder why you're saying it then. And then- then this is where they fill in why you're saying it, right? The funny replies to this in our poll were like, so we should care about space stations because there are people in the space state. You know, like you, people just, you can, you can flop in, flip in any, anything, right? Any place and um, any uncomfortable, comfortable idea. And right, like the example that I always give, probably because I'm from this background is that like, when you think about like, People will say this in the college ministry background. You need to care about the college campus because if you want to reach the next generation, that's where the college students are. And that's like a, that's a, that's a basically true statement, right? The problem is it's to the point where when you hear that statement, now, maybe not you, you wonder, are you going to ask me for money now? (laughs) Right? Like, or are you going to try and get me to go there with you or Right, like, yeah, so there's something like, what are you, in, in other words, the question is still unanswered. What are you trying to motivate people to do? So what is, what does care about the cities actually mean? Exactly. It's, it's all of defining what that care about the cities mean, right? That is what, that is what people are filling in and reacting to. So that's my first explanation. Um, number two, I think it is because he is a Based on his interests, people think they know the kind of action he thinks they are required to take, which is something like move into the cities or uh, care about certain policies about cities, preference 
living in the city to living other places. So it is because people believe they know, not not only because it's a bland statement, but because people believe they know the action he is trying to get them to take. Yep. And let's say like this is not, you know, again, to help understand those people um, to help, uh, you know, Pastor Keller understand those who might you know, feel that they understand what he's trying to say, even if he's maybe coming back and say, no, that's not what I'm you know, right. trying to say. We're coming out of a time when I can remember how much uh, places like the Gospel Coalition and Keller and others were pushing this idea that like the apostles went to cities, like cities are where you go if you actually want to spread the gospel. Um, and so the majority of our time and resources should be spent trying to reach cities, particularly um, I remember when this was such a big push that I like I was of the understanding that if I wanted to make some kind of impact for the kingdom of God, I would have to probably move to a bigger city at some point. That was just like that was just in my mind, obviously, because I read it um, all over the place in these circles uh, in the new Calvinist circles. I, I, I heard it from many of these leaders and pastors. So that was my assumption, you know, coming off of uh, what they were saying. Um, and yeah. so like it, this isn't like happening in a vacuum. Exactly. Or you're just coming into nothing and saying, hey, for a long time, people have really not liked cities. And I just want to say, hey, we, you know, we probably should care more about the cities. You, you think about, uh, you know, Keller, when he's moving into New York, when everybody else is leaving. Right. He's he's moving to New York when it's a horrible place to live. And it makes sense to me that you would be like, hey, I want to try to get as many people with me as I can. Yep. Right. Let's get everybody here. Um, and I'm the kind of guy that no matter where I am. Right. Like I want like everybody that I meet. I'm like, hey, yeah, you should move to lacrosse and we should try to like, you know, take over the city for the gospel. Like I just I also naturally have that bent. Hey, you should move out uh, to the the valley that I live in so that we can, you know, all raise different animals and, <laughs> and we right. can uh, live self-sufficiently. Like there's just like I, I, I have that same pull of like I want yeah. people to be engaged in what I'm interested in and what I'm doing, uh, but also there are people that are called to other things. There are people that are not going to be interested in that. And that is also okay and not necessarily wrong. But when you have pushed so heavily that it is more important to go to the cities and to reach the cities than anywhere else, then when you say we should care about the cities because people that are made in the image of God, it doesn't seem to me like you're just saying, hey, we should care about people. What you're right. actually trying, it does, it does appear anyway to push in that direction if there's no other context. Yeah. And obviously, like we've said before, like this is the internet, man. Like there's there's no, this is Twitter, especially. Right. There's no context. Like you're just throwing this thing out there. You're letting everybody else come up with their own context and you just have to be okay with that. Yeah, I do think you're getting it. And this isn't an opinion. I think this is an area where this um, tweet is coming to like, is, is like if I were to think about like where there would actually be a, like the 80s where this would be like a, a helpful corrective right when there was all this flight obviously american city culture is very different um 40 years later um but the other the other area where i think it's a helpful thing for people to actually kind of hear this is actually i think it's more of in a foreign missions context um and what i mean is you and I grew up in churches and most of probably our listeners, if they grew up in a church, when we heard about missionaries, they were hacking their way through the jungle, right? They were doing like these, um, they were doing lots of humanitarian work and those things still go on and those things are still valuable. 
but so much of the world over the last hundred years have moved to cities Yeah, that I just think we need to start getting used to seeing our missionaries living in cities, right. Full of, you know, unreached people. And I think that there is right. People view that as like, well, I guess they're kind of taking an easy road, but it, but it is somewhat, it's, yeah. it's actually similar. And, and I, so I think that there is um, an actual like corrective here. I, again, because I understand the context of Twitter, I don't think that's really what we're getting at, but there are, but right. But there, and of course, but you are right that he, like many have a personality of like, I want to bring, I want to bring people along. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, I, there was someone sent us, someone sent me a meme of Michael Scott looking out the window and going this city. And you just have to like a, a thing you just, no matter who you are, just let yourself love this about Tim Keller. He really loves where he lives. I, you know, I don't know if I would love where he lives. He loves it though. And that's great. Like good for him. He loves where he lives and like that, you know, more yeah, power. And God to bless him. him. Hey, and God bless yeah. those who are working to like bring the gospel to the cities. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I, uh, you know, I am maybe one of those, you know, silly country bumpkin folk that, uh, that maybe doesn't have the best view of, of cities. And maybe I'll go into that, uh, in our, in our patron, uh, you know, but, and why that is, but it's not like, you know, I, I love the idea that there are people who are like, yes, I want to go into the city, like, like Keller himself. Hey, I want to go into the city and I want to, uh, reach the people of the city, uh, for Christ. That's awesome. God bless them. You know, uh, no problem there. Uh, but again, it's understandable that many feel feeling like they've been kind of, you know, beat over the head time and again with, Hey, like we need to be like influential in these kind of progressive urban environments. Mm -hmm. And we need to become more like these people in order to reach them. And if you're not doing that, you're not doing those things, which are actually most important for the kingdom of God, that if they've been beaten over the head with that for the last decade, which is the case, that they would maybe react a little bit more hostily to somebody saying something that seems like just a basic statement. So let me cut off this country bumpkin. Who's my pastor with number three, the number three reason people may have reacted this way. Tim Keller, I think is assuming a certain view of how culture works, how Christians should engage culture, um, how we can make an impact for the gospel and that I don't know if he's aware or again on Twitter, it's obviously not a place where clarity wins that people actually have what thought out and well-meaning arguments against his understanding of cultural engagement. And let me give an example of this actually from one of our, uh, one of our uh, listeners, they responded to the poll. They were, they were giving a hard agreement with Keller and they were shocked that, even in our poll, Keller's Keller's view was not winning. And they at and you know who you are, pay, uh, you, we know you know who you are, listener. We love you. And what you said was, do Christians hate cities? Possibly, you don't find many genuine Christians in them. And so, what I'm I'm using this as an example because the question is is actually this guy. He I know him. You know he's in Chicago. Pastor Michael, do you think, let's ask this question. Do you think there are more conservative Presbyterians in Chicago or in 
Wisconsin in the area, the county of Wisconsin you live in. <laughs> well, definitely in Chicago, right? Like not even, not, not even, even a question. Close. Not even a question. Yeah. I mean, there might be more conservative Presbyterians in Chicago than the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. It, it probably, probably I, I would like if, if, you know, I don't know the numbers. Yeah. If you just give me the options and I have to like pick one side, I'd say probably there probably and, are. And he's a reformed Baptist. So maybe there's five of them. So maybe he only counts reformed Baptists, <laughs> but it, you know, I'm sure he doesn't, but so what my point we is, we love you that, guys. Hey, reformed Baptists. Uh, we love you guys. We do. Even if you. you don't always love us, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> and so what is a, what's a, a really, what's notable about this is that means, oh, there are, even of our small, tiny kind of band of Christianity, there's way, numerically, there's way more of them there. However, they have zero cultural visibility or impact. And I'm not saying we have a ton here or anything, but what I'm saying is that this view Not yet, that, Matt. Yeah, not, not yet. yet. But what this view assumes is that moving to the city is the place where we can make this kind of cultural impact. And I'm saying... There's a lot more Christians already trying that. And there are Christians that believe differently, that there is a different path to cultural impact. And my example is simply showing that just because we have, there are literally more people there. He, of course, feels like there are way less, even though there are more, right? And so there's, there's a question of, is this actually the best way? And so, you know, I think, we should not assume this is the best or certainly only method of cultural um, engagement, um, trying to make an impact for a kingdom, which I think this tweet uh, in many ways kind of assumes this is the way to go about it. What do you think of this potential reason for people di- disagreeing? Yeah, I think that's true. And I just think that this is, you know, one of the, I, I find Twitter to actually be really um, helpful and beneficial. Mm-hmm. I have started, I, I find a great benefit in my interactions as well as just watching interactions on Twitter. Um, but there are many people who approach kind of the online world with a very binary kind of thinking, right? Like it's, hey, you got to do things my way or there's like, there's, there's no other way, right? Like it's my way or your way. There's just two options. And, you know, if you're not doing it my way, you must be picking this other option. Um, and there's people who just assume that that kind of thinking on the other side when they're actually doing the same thing. It's it's just kind of a mess. Um, and this is just the nature of maybe a more tribalized, polarized time, right? People mm-hmm. just naturally um, kind of try to categorize things as simply as possible. And if you're not in my category, you must be in the other guy's category. There's, you know, that's it. Uh, but especially when you're talking about the kingdom of God and how it spreads and, and how to care for people, um, there's just this, you know, uh, what seems to me an obvious truth that uh, this is going to look different in different places, that the way that I minister in uh, you know, a city of 60,000 people is going to be different than somebody who's ministering in a place where there's that many people in a building, right. <laughs> you know, like, like that's just, a, that's people. a different world. That is right. a different world than I've ever lived in or mm-hmm. care to live in. And I'm not like, I don't want to, you know, there's going to be things that I, I feel comfortable criticizing somebody for how they do things, even in that kind of a world to a certain point, right? I I don't think it's wrong for me to say, oh, I've got, you know, issues with how you seem to be doing that. And if they want to correct me and tell me, well, this is why you don't understand because of the cultural context you're in. Okay. We can work that out. Mm -hmm. 
just like if somebody uh, like a Tim Keller or others want to look at, you know, kind of small town or small city or rural ministry and be like, well, here's why, you know, it doesn't really work or it's, you know, it's, it's problematic or why, why you guys should try these tactics or whatever. That's fine. You know, like, you know, maybe I disagree. That's okay. You can, this is the other thing that I think comes up a lot in these kinds of conversations is if there's conflict, it's like, well, obviously this is negative. And like, it shows that somebody is really wrong or there's a major problem involved. And sometimes it's just, Hey, like there's different people in different places. Conflict is inevitable, right? We we've got different personalities. God's given us different gifts. We're put in different uh, scenarios. Uh, it just like, we're going to think about the world differently. Um, so to, to place everything into this binary of, well, if you don't agree with, you know, the way I'm put, putting this, well, then you must like really have significantly bad takes. Well, maybe there's a reason, you know, like maybe there is some good reason. I've, I've got three more, but you just kind of said my, my next one, which is Tim Keller is this people disagree with this because there is a cultural divide in general. Yeah. The right. You know, someone has made the comment that there are not um, blue states. There's only blue cities, right? That, that the, that there is just a, and again, this this might be the most, which is why you're describing this is helpful. This this would be if people are just disagreeing of with him because of the culture divide. This might be the most negative one, right? It's like ah, don't talk to me about that. You know, that might be the most potentially negative one. But it's possible people are disagreeing because there is just such a divide at this point of going back and forth. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's really true. I mean, it's a very tribalized time. It's a very uh, you know, uh, partisan time. And one of the primary divides, like you're saying, is not necessarily, um, you know, uh, politics outright or, mm-hmm. or, you know, how we might think of politics. It's not necessarily, you know, obviously not, you know, uh, religious as, I mean, we're talking about somebody who's in the same denomination with, you know, maybe relatively similar, uh, you know, confessional, uh, beliefs as we have, um, at least close to it, like closer than most people, closer right. than most Christians even. Um, and yet there's this divide, this like, you know, this kind of uh, a strange distance. I think it's because there is a significant cultural divide between uh, those who live in major urban centers and those who live outside of them um, in, in so many different ways. And this comes up uh, in the church all the time. Um, this comes up, it just, th- this does seem to be one of the major dividing lines uh, within our country culturally that we have not been able to work out at this point. Yeah. So here's number five for you. Uh, we are living in the post YRR times and people no longer have implicit trust in big Eva or big name evangelicals anymore. So much has been done uh, that has lost that trust that oftentimes they are going to, they are going to have a new experience where they are met with skepticism um, and criticism, no matter how good or bad, what they're doing is. Yeah. I would actually say it's not even just that there's no longer that like high view of these, these authorities, but it's in, it's an automatic negative view unless proven otherwise. Right. Like it's <laughs> a, like the disposition is negative. Whereas it uh, used to, this is the reverse. Leaders. This is the yep. right now. And this is the example of TGC is right. A TGC article that I used to have been like, well, I'm going to go read this for the good take. I now have to have it proved to me that this is a yep. good article before I will give it that trust. Yeah. Right? My disposition is automatically negative. It's automatically yep. to assume the worst. 
um, because that seems to just be proven over and over again. That's that's what where we're at. Um, I don't think that you can fault. I mean, we just had you know Christianity Today, right? Middle of the road egalitarian Christianity Today uh, comes out with an and I say middle of the road not because they're actually middle of the road as far as Christianity goes, but as far as like you know, hey, you know, uh, big city, big Eva types would read something from Christianity Today and yeah. not be like, wow, they're they're like crazy, wild, conservative, like reactionary fundamentalists or something like that. Um, no, they're just like, you know, these, you know, typical uh, egalitarian, like leaning left evangelicals. And they they come out with an article all about the stuff that went down with Mark Driscoll and those involved in it. I mean, should we should we still trust you guys? Right. right. Like, should we should we still look highly upon you guys who platformed and, and helped uh, grow this man's popularity and. Uh, you know, there's just, it's, I, I am not like, I don't want to judge somebody like Tim Keller on the actions of Mark Driscoll or mm-hmm. even like that whole situation. Obviously it's a mess. You're not actually like in any way denominationally bound. Like there's no like discipline. There's no, there's just not a lot that you can do. I don't want to put a bunch of blame on somebody like Tim Keller for that kind of a thing. But when you think about these circles of these really well-known conference circuit, you know, uh, uh, big Eva pastors, my disposition has become, I'm going to be really skeptical. I'm going to be like, uh, assume something negative uh, unless it's proven otherwise, because time and time again, this is what it has seemed to turn into. Now, maybe that will come back to bite me because I don't want, I don't want people to think that of me. Right. And mm-hmm. obviously um, there are so many churches on a small scale or wherever, you know, not even like big Eva types that have harmed people that have abused people um, that have like done harm. And I don't want people to come to my church and think, oh, this guy's going to do harm because of those churches. I just think that it's understandable uh, for somebody to be in that position, right? If, if you've been harmed by a church, it's understandable that when I introduce myself and say I'm a pastor, you have a, an automatic kind of negative uh, assumption about me, whether or not that's the case. Yeah. And so, you know, it, whether or not Keller's trying to say something that we don't like in this kind of a tweet, it's understandable that many people are going to find it a little bit uh a little bit problematic in some way all right so here's my last reason we can round it out with this this view people thinks inherently denigrates country pastors churches in small towns and small places and that there are still people who believe francis schaefer the great maybe one of the greatest engages of culture of the past hundred years of our time was right when he said there are no little people and no little places, right? That this, that this kind of view inherently denigrates the, this kind of the unnoticed, the small ministry. Um, And I think that that would be the, the, at least that was the last one that came to mind of why people might react this way. Yeah. And again, just to go back to what we've said, this is not in a vacuum. Um, right. This is not where you're saying, hey, most people have really despised cities. Um, cities have not been really, uh, you know, high up on the list of, you know, Christian activity and focus and missions and evangelism and church planting. Right. And so maybe we ought to think about that. This is coming after a significantly, you know, uh, long period of time when that has been almost the exclusive focus in many sectors of the church right. um, to the detriment of many smaller town and rural areas. And, uh, you know, 
again, I'll just say there's a reason. There's a reason almost everyone's downtown has some church has bought a block of their deteriorating downtown to be the city, the city church, right? In every town. Like, but that's a thing. Or maybe two have done it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just a, you know, again, and we and this could like be covered again in just more like cultural differences. Um the the way that like there has been a major move to cities generally, um, yep. maybe to the the uh, exclusion of, you know, uh, what it could look like to, uh, help those smaller town or rural, rural towns. Uh, but nonetheless, it's not, it's not crazy for people to assume that what you mean is this is of greater importance, not lesser importance than some of these smaller areas. That's, that just, that seems like an automatic assumption, um, that many will make. And I don't think you have to make it right to defend what Keller's mm-hmm. saying. I don't, nope, I, I, don't I don't think, think he so. necessarily has to say that, right. That's not necessarily what he is saying. Um, but it is what many have said, including I think Keller uh, over, over the last few years. And so it's, it's not crazy to think that when you see this kind of a tweet. So I just want to leave everyone with this episode. You can join us on Patreon to hear our opinions, but I just want to leave everyone with advice from Francis Schaefer and his uh, in his essay, and you can find it in the book, No Little People, No Little Places, that wherever you are, whatever city you're in, or if you're not in a city, I think that this advice, that this advice holds, and this is something we can actually hold on to for the sake of the kingdom, wherever we are. We, res- we must remember throughout our lives that in God's sight, there are no little people and no little places. Only one thing is important, to be consecrated persons in God's place for us at every moment of our lives. Well, thanks for joining us here on Tim Keller Watch. Pastor Michael, do you think we cleared up any confusion of why that tweet got so spicy? Almost definitely not. <laughs> I know we I, I hope we did. I hope we did, but hey, this is the wild west of the internet. Um, hopefully uh, you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it enough, go and get a t-shirt, therestlesspodcast.com. Uh, or socks, or a mug, or uh, something else, and uh, support the show that way. Join us on Patreon, where we're about to talk about our own views, our own takes on this Tim Keller tweet. All right. 